0: Welcome to Two Harmless Randos with your hosts, Mary and Christine. You know, I was thinking back to the conversation we were having about the new friends you were making and putting yourself out there and how you were meeting these people who were doing such creative, artistic things. That was so interesting. And I had an interesting thing happen the other day. I was in a meeting, a Zoom meeting with a group of people that I've been meeting with online for about a year. I really have met only maybe one in person. We meet for about an hour, a couple of times a month to talk about like uh, spirituality and intuition. Anyway, something came up and someone had a question and they sort of deferred to me and another woman in this group of 10 and said, oh, I'm going to let them talk about it. They're the creative types. And I thought, it kind of took, it it made me stop for a second. And at first I was like, oh, she thinks I'm a creative type. That's cool. And then I thought, wait, why does she think I'm a creative type? Like what, what have I done that made her think that this isn't an artist group? It's not a, we're not creating things together. And it really made me wonder like, what had I done that made her think that And what does she think, like, what's her definition of creativity if she's calling me this creative type? And then it also made me think, well, is there such thing as a creative type? Aren't we all creative types? And yeah, does that make any sense?
1: It it does. Although the part about you being surprised that someone referred you as creative is surprising (laughs) because you clearly are creative. Um, Maybe in your mind, it's not whatever your paradigm is of what a creative person looks like. But as you just said, yourself, like creativity can take so many different forms. There's so many different ways to be creative. Um, Well, thank you. Yeah. yeah.
0: You know, it it also made me think about I wondered, too, why I was surprised. I do think I'm creative, um, but I was thinking, I don't know if I've done anything in front of her that I would have considered creative. Maybe that's why I wondered why she said it, and I was thinking about when I was a kid, when I heard the word creative, my mind would go to the kids in my class who could draw, who were really good at art, like those were the creative kids, and I think there's just this old definition of what creativity is so that's my question for you what do you think creativity is
1: okay well what comes to mind immediately speaking of kids and creativity and art when I was in second grade I got pulled out of class with a bunch of other kids to take a test for the gifted and talented art program and they gave us a little blank booklet um and had us fill out four pages, each one with a different task. And the first task, I remember super clearly, they gave us this egg-shaped sticker and said, make something. (laughs) So, um, And looking around, I was thinking there were several really, really good drawers that were among among us. And I'd say I was always a pretty good drawer, but I don't know that I was the best in my mind. and um, anyway, so I just I put the sticker down and just looked at it for a while, and it started to form into a giraffe in my mind. So I, you know, drew a long neck and the legs and the tail and a couple of spots. And um, oh, I think that there was also like a a line inside of the page, so it looked like a frame. And I think I might have made whatever scenery kind of go through the frame, so it wasn't held in. Mm. Um, And I was looking around and other kids were like making Easter eggs or things like that. Um, And, you know, good, good drawings. And I think in the end, even if I wasn't the best technically in terms of drawing, they liked that I was thinking outside the box or um, going beyond the shape. (laughs) And so that's clearly how they were evaluating creativity. It wasn't just artistic talent.
0: When you were looking at your drawings and the drawings of the other students, like, what were you thinking creativity meant? Were you thinking, I'm creative? No, no, they're creative. We're all creative.
1: Um, I'd say, as I was looking around, I was definitely judging myself and others. (laughs) And I thought, I did think, oh, mine's pretty creative because I'm not making something that's normally egg shaped. But when you think about a draft's body, there's something oval ish about it. Um, And and other, and other kids did some very cool things too, that I never would have thought of. So
0: you're making me think of um, something I used to do with my gifted and talented students when we would do uh, work on developing creativity. And we would use this strategy called FFOE. It was a, a A theory of creativity I think that was developed by Guilford probably in like the 50s or 60s and the letters stand for um, ideas being having fluency of ideas having a lot of ideas having flexible ideas I mean they're all they're not all the same kind of idea original ideas and elaboration and when you talk about your what you did to the egg it sounds like it was original. And I like the definition that you use. It's something that's uncommon. It's not commonly seen where making an Easter egg out of that oval is common, but the other student might've been really elaborate. So that's a different form of creativity.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It just makes me wonder like, what does creativity look like? And You know, how do we define it? It's.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it can take so many forms. So there's that creativity of being able to think beyond what is expected. Um, And that can take form. And, like, I've, that's, in my mind, that's something that takes form in in literature, mathematics, um, computer science, music, uh, fashion. There are just so many different ways that people can express creativity in in any field. It's like just going beyond sort of the expected. I was thinking about that recently with um, brainstorms. Um, Like in my work, there, there are often these brainstorm, like sprints where people will be given three minutes to just write down as many ideas as possible. But what I've been finding a lot of times is that in that given time, there aren't any new ideas. It's kind of just rehashing of ideas that people have already talked about mm-hmm. um, and nothing really groundbreaking or new comes through. And then people tend to upvote all the ones that have already been talked about the safe ones. Uh, huh. That's really interesting. Like, and th- my, so I was wondering about that, like how do you break out of that pattern of expectation.
0: Yeah. It makes, it makes me wonder too, what, what are barriers to being creative versus what fosters creativity? And the fact that you had this time limit and pressure, I wonder, do you think that played a role?
1: Yeah, I think it does. Cause like in, in other companies, when we've done brainstorms, someone like would do the old school paper, like, board thing and you can do that electronically too like whiteboards and just have people shout out ideas and just write down everything um but so you do get a lot of repetition in that case but when you do get the repetition then you can see where people are you know thinking the same way but i feel like um when you have people contributing verbally really quickly just as many until it's exhausted. then at some point you, you get to a point where people start to go beyond the obvious.
0: Yeah. We used to call it brain drain and teaching. Um, I would say to my students, when you get to the point where you don't think you have any more ideas, that's the moment.
1: Right. Keep
0: going because often what comes next surprises you.
1: Right. 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 You have to get all the other stuff out of the way first, all the yeah. stuff that's um, at the forefront of your brain.
0: <laughs> yeah, you have to dump it out. It's, um, and, and you said something else interesting. You, people were just rehashing all the safe ideas, ideas they thought would be okay. And there's something about creativity and taking risks. Right. Yeah, and creating a risk free environment where you feel like you can be wrong that you could say something that's not going to be accepted you could even be outlandish and as wild as you want to be
1: right right because there are no wrong answers when you're just brainstorming because that's you know that's where the the really interesting stuff can happen and maybe a given idea is ridiculous but there's a kernel of something in it that can be grown into something viable yeah
0: or to, it's a, it's a, or to stepping stone. It was a, it was a step you had to take to get to the next idea. Your brain had to step on that one first Right get, like a bad first draft when you're writing.
1: Right, right. Oh man, and now, now I'm totally forgetting where this was, but I heard a podcast or a news story or, you know, monster something like that recently, where they were talking about exactly that, that. A lot of the brilliant ideas that have happened in this world were not, well, most of them didn't not just happen because someone had an aha moment, mm. it was because there were these stepping stone ideas. You know, someone suggested something that didn't wasn't quite right, but it was intriguing enough or different enough that it got someone else thinking, and then that thinking triggered the, the idea and the final person who executed it, so...
0: If I could go back and talk to my 10 year old self about creativity, I think that's something I would tell her that I had this idea that creative people, they just, you know, they just had their ideas. They just drew the great drawing. And I remember hearing about when they started looking at great works of art and they could sort of like x-ray them, I guess, and see the layers of painting and all the different versions of these paintings and mistakes that were made and how they tried out. Uh, different ways to make the art and even just the, the way that artists will do little smaller drawings before they go into the big one I don't think I knew that as a kid to know that there was this whole creative process right and it's not a straight line or a stair step it's sometimes it's like a line and then like a giant squiggly mess in the middle and then a little bit more of a line and <laughs>
1: <laughs> right
0: <laughs> yeah and um I always thought it was important to teach my students that there is a process. And a lot of that process involves creating things that are not going to be your final product, either because they fail or they were that stepping stone, that piece.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it is funny how, I think it's because our, in our society, the idea of creativity has never really been emphasized like it's like more productivity and knowing and um and that would totally feed into that idea of you know art artists are artists are successful when they're able to just get something done and have a a magnificent product like Mm -hmm. to present to the world but you're right there's like so much more and i i think there is that um mythos of the writer the struggling writer like struggling away with their typewriter and then throwing pieces of paper and crumpling them up and tossing over their shoulders. Um, but but yet but yet the individual's expectations are I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe in our minds we have those expectations.
0: When I was thinking about this word creativity, I Googled it like what's the definition of creativity? And the first thing that came up was The use of the imagination or original ideas, especially in the production of artistic work. And I thought, oh, the first definition has to do with the arts, but I take issue with that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's very limiting.
0: Yeah, Um, it's really interesting. When you Google it, you'll get, you know, what are the three types of creativity? What are the five types of creativity? What are the seven types of creativity? So it really just depends on which researcher that you're looking at. Um, but the one definition I've heard that I like when you look at the the word origin and you go back is from out of nothing or Mm. to bring into being and I like that one better yeah but then also there's that idea are there any original ideas left in the world are we always just springboarding off of other ideas and connecting to something else or are there truly things that haven't been created
1: and thought yet i i i believe that there are new things that come out it's not necessarily brand new but there are once in a while you just see these hybrid creations things that people create just by combining things in a way that no one else has before and makes they make it something new brand new and um what comes to mind is um uh, there's this, There's going to be this fundraising event in Bridgeport next week for uh, an organization that provides counseling to families and children who couldn't otherwise afford it. And the keynote speaker is Say Adams, C-E-Y Adams. Mm-hmm. He was the creative director of Def Jam Records. And if you um, see any of his work, you'd immediately recognize it. Like, the University of Pennsylvania did a whole retrospective on his work because um, it goes back, like he started when he was very young, mm. eighties um, and Amoma MoMA has his work. Um, he did one of those little Google things in a uh, celebration of the 50th anniversary of the birth of hip hop. Oh, okay. And so, yeah, when you, when you look at his art, it's not like anything you would have seen on record albums before then it had it combined um kind of graffiti ideas with um almost kind of punkish or um and maybe Andy Warhol-ish collages kind of things like overlaying of patterns and stuff but in a whole new way Hmm. that you just didn't see before that um so you know and that was that was in the 20th century it wasn't like that long ago (laughs) and um so, yeah, I think you, people come along who create a new aesthetic or create a new something, again, out of, out of taking ideas from different places, or maybe their immediate environment that other people don't experience, hmm. and bring something new to the world. So, yeah, I think I believe in the infinite creativity of human beings. It doesn't mean we're all creative all the time, but there's potential. And
0: thinking back to that original story, my first question, like, is there a creative type? And I, I think that that's what we're actually here to do is you know, fulfilling our purpose on this earth is to be creating something that we are uni- uniquely suited to create in the world.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, and, I totally agree.
0: Yeah, I think, and um, yeah, I think it's another thing I would go back and tell my ten-year-old self. Like, there is no such thing as a creative type. Everyone's creative in their own way. I remember hearing somebody say once you know, do something creative every day, even if it's something like rearranging your sock drawer, taking them all out and putting them together in a new way so they're easier to find, That that is an act of creativity. And I thought, oh, I could do that. <laughs> so what do you think is the biggest barrier? Why do you think people don't think they're creative types? What do you think is the biggest barrier to creativity or your creativity?
1: Well, I think you alluded to it earlier, this idea that maybe creativity just takes one form like art. Mm -hmm. So I I hear so many people say, I'm just not artistic. I'm not creative. I'm not artistic. And um, it's because somewhere along the way, they started to believe that either someone told them or they had an experience that made them feel that way. So I think that's the biggest barrier that somewhere along the way people get the idea in their head that they aren't creative. The very same people may be like amazing cooks or really um, creative in their parenting or, um, I don't know, make beautiful gardens, (laughs) Mm -hmm. any number of things, but yet they say they aren't creative because they can't paint. (laughs) And so we do have this limited idea. And also as you were saying before, you didn't understand why this woman referred to you as creative, but she clearly saw something in you. And it, I think that's another thing. Maybe we, it's, it's harder to see in ourselves what other people can see. I mean, that's usually the case, right? For things good or bad. There's also the creative thinking, you know, just approaching the same issue, problem, task differently um, than other people. Yeah. So, yeah, and going back to the idea with the brainstorms, there's, uh, I, and the friend of all of our minds is that immediate answer to things like kind of usually drawing from what has been done before.
0: I think even things like humor, you know, a, a really well-developed sense of humor or the ability to do improv and to put those ideas together and make people laugh is another form of creativity.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. But- yeah, and that's interesting. Now that you're mentioning improv, um, I took cl- several classes with a teacher, um, Sean Westfall, who had a studio in DC for a while. And um, he also consults with corporations. He goes in and does improv workshops for executives because it does help you get past those kind of immediate responses and just feel safe enough um loose enough in your thing you're agile enough in your thinking to just find another place inside you Um, again I think part of it comes from safety or maybe confidence that what comes out is okay it may not be the right answer or the right solution for right now but at least it's something um genuine and not coming from a place of fear of, of being criticized
0: yeah when I do those activities with my students and I would notice they'd get better and better on measures of creativity or yeah. someone gets better at improv, are we really teaching them to be creative or are we just uncovering something that was there and creating the right environment for it to come up?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you that humans are innately creative. That's our purpose is yeah. to create and so, yeah, yeah, it is. It's um, enabling it. It's um, creating a, an environment that allows for it.
0: You know, we hear a lot about flow, like in flow states now, and I was reading a little bit about it and it was making me wonder about what's happening during these flow states where people feel highly creative, open, they're really not paying attention to anything or even themselves. They're just really in the moment. And what's going on with your nervous system, and you mentioned this, when we're taking fear and criticism out of, out of the way, you know, I, I think that a high-risk environment like that is a barrier to creativity, and when you're in a lower-risk environment where you can just be free to say whatever, it's doing something in your brain. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: Yeah, when I studied flow um, and the work of Mahai, Shiksa Mahai, the researcher who came up with that term, he was was observing people kind of in their natural environment and um, interviewing, observing people in all different fields. And from that perspective, it was people just doing things they enjoyed. So it could be anything. It could even be an executive coming up with a new idea for their business plan. Um, but whatever it was in that moment was so pleasurable for them that they lost track of time. And so that, yeah, that definitely is related to creativity. It also speaks to the idea that anything can be creative if if you're in the mindset that, yeah, that, the, that the possibilities are open. Because clearly when you're in that, you're not thinking... Oh, I have a deadline, or I have to get this, or you know, this needs to be approved by other people. You're just like doing for the sake of doing. Yeah. This concept of flow, I remembered a really cool incident when I was 11. My first violin solo.
0: Hmm.
1: I had to, you know, my like you stand there as a soloist in front of the whole orchestra, facing the audience. And there's always an introduction. So you're just standing there counting until it's time to hit that first note, which is kind of scary. <laughs> but once I started playing, I just completely got lost in the music and it was like a, an out of body experience. Wow. And before I knew it, the song was over and people were clapping and I had just like, like lost time. Time just was meaningless. And my physical self was meaningless. And so um, I, I knew exactly what he meant by flow. And I've since talked to other people who were um, musicians as children and have had similar experiences. I'm sure it happens to adult professions, too. I'm sure. Like Yo-Yo Ma gets into the flow.
0: <laughs> I was reading about a study that was looking at coaching styles and... One of the coaching styles was focused on compassion, and the other one was focused on more like compliance. So, for example, the compassionate coach might have said something like, "If everything worked out like in your life, you know, what would you be doing in ten years?" And the more compliant coach would be more of, um, you know, accountability. Like, "Well, how are you doing with that? Did you finish your courses? Have did you do the work that we talked about?" And it seems intuitive, but the research actually supported that the Clients who had the coaching interaction that was um, compassion-based versus compliance-based, when they did functional MRIs, they they could actually see that the students' brains were responding differently to the two coaching styles, and the areas that responded to the compassionate coaching were the same regions that are involved in creative problem solving, taking broader perspectives, and visioning, and empathy. And the ones that were lighting up in the MRI during the compliance coaching were the same areas of the brain that focus on attention and stress responses. So there's actually science behind that more relaxed, open approach, allowing you to fall into a more creative flow. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And it sounds like it's working in the higher executive functioning parts of the brain which would allow you to think more creatively and expansively.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that's why sometimes you hear people saying, you know, like, oh, I get all these great ideas at 11 o'clock at night or, you know, while I'm in the shower <laughs> in opportune times.
1: Yeah. I guess unless you have a way to record it wherever you are.
0: Yeah.
1: That's we need. Shower recorders, voice activated shower recorders. <laughs> thanks
0: for listening to two harmless randos check out our show notes for links to more information about the topics we discussed today if you like the podcast we'd love to hear from you you can rate review subscribe or do all three anywhere that you listen to podcasts